Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'd rather be comfortable later when I'm old and don't feel like working versus, you know, being too comfortable now. I think I'm, I'm pretty good. I just got to keep keep the momentum and maybe kick it up a notch. I'm honestly feeling like I'm not doing enough. Welcome back. I'm Samantha Barry, the editor-in-chief of Glamour, and this is She Makes Money Moves. Saving for retirement can feel like flossing your teeth or cleaning your closet. You know you should, but it's easy to put off and tell yourself, I'll worry about it another day. But if you ignore any of those things, you're setting yourself up for some major headaches down the road. If you're young and you haven't prioritised retirement savings, you're not alone. A 2018 report by the National Institute on Retirement Security found that 66% of working millennials had nothing saved for retirement. Today's guest is in that 66%. My name is Inisha Brooks. I am 38 years old. I reside in Detroit, Michigan. This is her story. My first job ever, I was a golf caddy. I'm almost 14 years old. I was always eager and ready to work. I always wanted to make my own money. I want my own. I don't want to have to ask. I don't want to have to go through the essay of why I want to get this. So I just wanted my own money and I wanted a car. With those first wages, Anisha learned about the power of saving. I started buying school clothes and school supplies for myself. That's when I started kind of taking care of myself because I wanted to buy what what I wanted. And I did also start saving for a car. Yes, an Escort. The old, like, hatchback, like the throwback ones. It was baby blue. I'll never forget it. But, you know, it was a car. It was freedom. When Anisha went to college a few years later, she learned a much harder financial lesson. I totally screwed up my credit in college. Okay. So my freshman year, I did go away to school. And I was not working. I pretty much was just going to class. And kind of like, you know, living off of credit cards and then I just ended up not paying them. And I'm not really the type to call home and ask for anything. So in my mind, I'm like, I'll just figure it out later. You know, it was too far gone. It wasn't high on my priority list. After graduating with a degree in criminal justice, Anisha was hired by a juvenile detention center. She liked the work, but it didn't pay enough. You know, I... Tried to find other jobs, you know, in the field of like criminal justice, working with children, and they just were not paying enough. I kind of felt defeated. By this point, it was 2009, and Anisha was four years out of college. While she tried to figure out her next professional move, Anisha decided to step off the career path. Ended up becoming a homemaker for a little bit of time. It just gave me time to kind of sit down and not just, you know, I had been learning everything from school. And like now I had a chance to sit down and like look at everything that was going on around me and, you know, like and take that into account. In 2014, Anisha welcomed a son. And a year after that, she got a call that led to an opportunity. 
my cousin calls me and says, hey, my wife's brother is looking for an assistant at his property management company. And I said, okay, well, as long as they let me be flexible with my son, I'll do it. I didn't care what they were paying me. I needed my own money. So I was working there for $10 an hour. And it wasn't even about the money. I was just learning. Like, I'm just learning so fast because I'm thrown right in the middle of everything. Although she was hired as an assistant, Anisha quickly took on a lot more responsibilities. I was doing a lot more than what they expected I would be able to handle. And so it, it got to the point where my boss pretty much said, you need to get your real estate license <laughs> because I was doing so much that I really did need to be licensed. So I said, okay, you know, I'll do it. I passed my sales agent exam and she paid me more money to stay there. So at that moment, I was like, okay, yeah, I think I found what I'm supposed to be doing. More on She Makes Money Moves right after this quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to She Makes Money Moves. I'm Samantha Barry. After a few false starts, Anisha had finally found a job that both paid well and allowed her the flexibility to raise her son. But it wasn't a job that came with a retirement savings plan. And so, at age 38 today, Anisha doesn't have savings for her retirement. She's thought about real estate opportunities that could potentially earn her residual income in retirement, but she doesn't have a clear path to financial success. She's also unsure of how to set her son up for success, but she did just open a savings account for him. So he's like, oh my gosh. He's like, so is it a big vault? Like, can I swim in it? I'm like, yeah, no, you cannot. He thinks it's like one big safe and like Scrooge me duck. She's having these big money conversations with a six-year-old because she feels like she waited too long to focus on her financial future. Like making money, make money, like making money work for me. That wasn't even a concept. I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> but now she's ready to lean in. How can I not work for the rest of my life? Like, how can I retire earlier? How can I go on vacation longer? You know, how can I get what I want without having to do as much for it? For today's episode, we're welcoming back the budgetista Tiffany Alice, a New York Times bestselling author and all-round financial fairy godmother. So Tiffany, Anisha is 38, she has a six-year-old son, and she thinks she's getting a late start when it comes to thinking about retirement. But she's not late, right? Not a late start, Anisha. It's not. It's, and it's, women are so hard on themselves when it comes to money. But, you know, it's almost like I, I tease women and I said, you know, if you were to fall now and like say if you broke your leg, would you be mad at yourself? You didn't know how to set your own bone. It's like, no, I didn't go to medical school, especially from women. I tell them that it's not a competency issue. Right. It's a confidence issue. Women will tell me, oh, I don't know how. I'm like, oh, but you can you can do a real estate transaction. You can raise a, a whole human being. If you can do those things, I promise you, you can do a little bit of time. <laughs> so true. Speaking of raising a human, should Anisha be prioritizing her son's savings over her own? What's the move there? So your son, 
he has so much time, you know? And not that you don't have a ton of time, too, but he's got way more time than you do. So what I'm wanting is for you to prioritize your retirement. I know that Anisha, it looks like that she's self-employed with her as, as a real estate agent, you know, so she might not have access to a 401k. So she's going to want to look into something called a SEP IRA. SEP stands for Simplified Employee Pension. And it, it functions just like a 401k. It has the same maximum limits as a 401k. The only kind of caveat is, is that with a 401k, the company puts money in and then I as an individual, Tiffany, I put money in. Right. Only the individual contributes to a SEP. So thinking about setting up a SEP for herself so she can start setting aside money for retirement in a traditional way. Because I know she also wants to look at having a retirement uh, plan as it relates to real, real estate. estate. Yeah. But I want her to, to be diversified, traditional retirement as well as yeah. using real estate. Right. So she's not putting all of her financial eggs in the real estate basket or the investment basket. But what do you think about relying on real estate revenue in retirement? So I think it can be a great investment, but just like with anything, there there's cycles, right? So right now, homes are like, they are astronomical. Literally, I've seen homes in my neighborhood that were going for 400-something thousand, now going for 600. But the problem with that is, and that's why you have to be mindful to not only be in real estate, is that there's an inflation happening. It'll be great if you're selling because you can get a ton of money out. But if you purchase during this time, you might be overpaying because a year from now, it, you might have bought it for 600000 and then it goes back down to the four hundred, And now you're, you're what they call under underwater when it comes to your mortgage. So things to consider when you're considering making money for real estate. One, appreciation. You know, you buy a thing, you fix it up or whatever, you buy it, then you sell it, you get your money. Right, like Chip and Joanna Gaines. You buy it, you fix it up, you sell it. What's the second option? So imagine that you bought a $50,000 property. Okay, so you buy it and you rent it out for, say, $1,000 a month. Right? So you think to yourself, well, that doesn't seem like a good deal. But imagine that $50,000 sitting in a savings account. Is the bank going to give you $1,000 a month? No. It's almost like the house is the bank. And then 10 years from now, even if you sell that house for that same 50, you've made a you've lot made, of money. Mm-hmm. So even if you break even on the sale, the house made you $120,000 over 10 years. Not bad. What I do like is the fact that Anisha is a real estate agent. She has a lot of knowledge. She's not just coming kind of like blind into this area. That's so true. What else should she be doing? So for retirement, ideally you want to follow something called the 4% rule. Okay, so the general rule of thumb is that ideally you want 25 times your planned annual spending in savings before you retire. Where does the 4% rule come in? During retirement, the 4% rule says that you withdraw 4% annually for your annual, like, you know, living expenses because on average, the market is going to yield 8 to 10%. So let's just say 8 to be on a super safe side. So that means you have this money, this 25 times your, your, your income or expenses set aside. You're only pulling 4%, even though it's likely generally yielding about 8%. So that means you're never really touching the principal, and that money will always be able to generate that income for you. So that's what she should be thinking about, because that will leave you comfortable and not having to work anymore. What if her savings are on track and she has extra money one year? Should that go towards her retirement, or should she be saving for her son? Let it go to you because you want to make sure that you are good and well because if your son ever needs anything, he can lean on you versus you leaning on him because he's six and has so much more time. Got it. Keep your money, Anisha. I know Anisha's employer doesn't contribute to her 401k, but a lot of employers do match employee contributions up to a certain percent and women aren't taking the money. What does that look like? 
if it's five percent and you put in three, they'll just put in three. Yeah, they won't put. But it, so you're leaving whatever that version of two percent behind. Mm-hmm. And think about that compounding interest. Think about that over years. So one, make sure you're getting your match right. Don't leave money on the table. Another thing I want to talk about is when Anisha wants to retire. I've been hearing a lot about this term FIRE. What's that, Tiffany? So FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. So typically what FIRE looks like is that you try to make as much as you can and try to spend as little as you can. I mean, the frugal of the frugals. Some like ramen noodles kind of stuff. So you do that for however many years. It might take you 10 years, 15 years, you know. And then you put that money aside and you invest it and then you lean into the 4% rule. So you read a lot about those people who are really focused on retiring early. But in reality, in my world, I don't see a lot of people actually doing it. How come? You know, because they just have to keep working. Mm. Because quite honestly, for, for many people, especially if you live in a big city, the expense of your lifestyle, and that is because you're being irresponsible. Just living. Yeah. Groceries. You're like, what? You know, the expense of your lifestyle has is so expensive in comparison to what you're bringing home. Inflation is real. It is. Oh, my God. And so for people who are starting to think about retirement now, what final tips do you have for them? I would say you want to, at the very least, start with some sort of automated system. So if you have a 401k, ask your company, and they likely do, if they have a target date fund. So a target date fund is typically like a mutual fund that you put your money into, almost like a savings account. And the target date is the day that you've chosen that's closest to your retirement year. You'll see the years on your target date fund at work. And you can pick the one that's closest to when you want to retire, and then you just put your money in it, and it rebalances for you. It says, oh, my gosh, okay, Sam is one year closer to the target date fund, so a little less in stocks, a little more in bonds. Right. And so it does that for you. And by the time you've reached your target date, your money is super conservatively invested and ready for you to pull out. So if you don't do anything else, and what I like about mutual funds is that it's a basket. It's a basket of stocks and bonds and other investments, so you don't have to pick and decide because sometimes it can feel so overwhelming. Those things can be chosen for you. Now, because they're chosen for you, there's a cost. Cost is called an expense ratio. And a target date fund and mutual funds are typically actively managed, meaning like an actual person, you know, is doing the management for you. So you're going to have to pay a higher expense ratio versus if you were to choose something, for example, like an ETF, which is exchange traded fund, which is similar to a mutual fund, except for you can buy and sell that basket in the market. So you're buying, you're not just buying one stock, you're buying a basket, but you can buy and sell just like you can a stock. And those are passively managed, so the expense ratios are lower. But if you don't do anything else, you could put your money in a target date fund. That is better than what 95% of people are doing. Even if there's a fee attached, so what? Also make it a bit fun. Knowledge is power. Don't be afraid of it. Lean into it. You know, you can start with YouTube University. Slowly but surely, take classes. My sisters and I have created an investment club. Love that. What's it called? Does it have a name? Well, well, we just call ourselves the Aliche Sisters. Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And so my sister, Carol, in particular, is like super into stocks. She does like all this research. And so she'll text us about like, for example, when DocuSign came out, like uh, Mm because we use it all the time. And I'm sure you do. You guys do too, right? And so I remember when it's just first coming to market and she was telling us about it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I use DocuSign. She said, it's likely going to be this price. And if it is that price, it's going to be a good buy. So we all went in and bought it. And now it's it's up tremendously. But that's the kind of like talk that we have in yeah, our I sister chat. So WhatsApp is like, I mean, if you've got family like me all over the world, WhatsApp is free. And you can create a WhatsApp channel to talk about money. At yeah. the very least, make money a common conversation. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Tiffany. 
we love talking about money. Thank you for joining us again. Thinking about the future can be daunting, but if you aren't planning for it, there's no way you can be prepared. Even if you don't make a choice tomorrow, the time to start learning about your options is today. Ask human resources about your employer's financial planning tools. Check out the resource page on thebudgetista.com or read Tiffany's latest book, Get Good With Money. We'll drop some links in the show notes for you. You might make some mistakes along the way in your financial journey, but the biggest mistake you can make is doing nothing. To learn more about what we talked about in this episode, visit glamour.com slash money. And if you'd like to share your story, we'd love to hear it and help you make money moves. Email us at money at glamour.com. She Makes Money Moves is a production of Glamour and Wonder Media Network. I'm your host and Glamour's editor-in-chief, Samantha Barry. Our senior director of brand marketing at Glamour is Kim Fusaro and editorial culture director is Maddie Khan. At Condé Nast Entertainment, our executive director of branded production is Greg Gordon and director of global podcast is Nico Steele. Executive producers are Stacia Jones and Megan Shibona and supervising producer is O'Neill Vargas Estevez. Associate producer is Deprina Godboldo and senior production manager is Sloan Cooper. For Wonder Media Network, executive producer is Jenny Kaplan, lead producer is Lindsay Cradwell, supporting producer is Sundus Hassan Nuli, production manager is Emily Rudder and production assistant is Carmen Borca Correo. Thank you so much for listening.